Hey, it's Dan Harmon from Harmontown. I want to tell you about an exciting new podcast coming to Feral Audio called Launch Left. Rain, Phoenix, and Moon Zappa are going to interview extraordinary minds, mavericks, and pioneers in their fields. This season, Launch Left is going to celebrate nonconformists like Michael Stipe, Shepard Ferry, Spike Jones, Mario Batali, and many others. And those guests are also going to spotlight their favorite left-of-center emerging artists. So listen and subscribe now at feralaudio.com slash left, iTunes, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can do it however you want, man. That's the nonconformist part. Guys, finding quality denim jeans is tough. And to find a good pair without breaking the bank is just uh, almost impossible. But at Distilled, spelled D-S-T-L-D, you get like brand top quality jeans at a price that won't break your bank. And I know I said break the bank, but I like saying break the bank. And I'll say it again. Break the bank. But just go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D. LD.com right now and use a promo code FERAL and check out and get a 20% discount on your first pair. And these are great jeans. I love them. I wear them all the time. Heck, I sleep in them. Distilled jeans. They're the best jean you're ever going to wear. In fact, I shower in them. Distilled jeans. D-S-T-L-D. They're good quality, super duper denim. And, you know, it's not going to cost you like $200 or $100. Go to distilled.com, D-S-T-L-D.com. Do it. Get some jeans. Look cool. Hello. Welcome to Conversation with Matt Dwyer. I'm Matt Dwyer. You bet you I am. You bet. Uh, if you haven't listened to Conversations with Matt Dwyer before, the show is just what the title there implies. It's a conversation with me, Matt Dwyer. Kind of a free-form type of freewheeling thing instead of a question-and-answer type show. And it's real good. I hope you like it. Uh, this sh- episode is really great. I talk with Shetty Petoskey uh, about transgender politics and the world of transgender life and and the all those i don't want to tell you more about what we talk about because we talk about it with uh, because i felt i was uh, very ignorant on the subject and i know it's a very uh very present thing in society right now and i don't want to be an asshole i want to be informed so i said hey let's learn about this i'm not going to talk about it anymore i'm just going to throw the let's get to the conversation it's a great one it's really informative funny you're going to love it Here's that conversation. Hello. Are you going to cough? Sneeze? Am I even here yet? (laughs) Should we introduce me? No, I'm Oh, I do an intro beforehand. Oh, you do? Yeah. Yeah, I'm already introduced? You've already been introduced in the the past. I'll do it in my apartment in the future. Oh, wow. That's so... uh, Time shift. But I do need help with your it, it, your last name. Podoski. Podoski. I thought there was an R in there. No. People, deep... people make that mistake. I'm also a real shitty reader. And uh, I, I guess I, today we can say we're in Do you a... want to talk about your problems with reading? <laughs> you have this like... I have a lot of... I just think I get excitable. And I... Uh... You're excited by reading? <laughs> and so you lose it in the middle? I just get so excited about those words and the oh, journey I'm going on. You're doing it. You're making it through... I, th- I think I just, I, I probably do have some focus. I, I, when I was young, they didn't have, 
I'm 44. They didn't. There was a lot of not, a lot of that stuff wasn't discovered yet. Like reading, they would like call you a day. <laughs> the written word. Yeah, it, it was like you were a daydreamer. You didn't have attention deficit disorder. Oh, right, right. Like the the diagnosis. Yeah, daydreamer sounds sounds better. It sounds nicer. The world was nicer back then. It wasn't. Yeah, and I I didn't mind my brain drifting off. Yeah, yeah. You're just a class clown, or yep. whatever. But uh, one sentence at a time. Just take it. Take it sentence by you know sentence what? and get through a book. This is going to be great. <laughs> I appreciate your... Uh, did I heard... Did you hear... Tom Robbins writes that way. Did you ever hear One that? sentence at a time? Yeah, he writes a sentence, perfects it, and then moves on to the next sentence rather than doing a draft and revising the draft. And you can see that when in, in like the writing, but I just thought that was a really interesting way to write. That's in, Now I'm going to have to go look at... Because that would drive me nuts because I like to spit it out and then get back. Yeah, I think that's m- most people's process, but he just does a, a sentence, feels the sentence good. And then and there's a lot of like sort of tangential like stream of consciousness in his writing where it's like a sentence, like poetic sentence after sentence, which I've read and it's something that I like, but but it's just... he That's because that's how he writes. When he, The period is like the... It's like the lock on the sentence. So like when he, he writes the sentence, feels if the sentence is good, locks it with that period and moves on to the next one. Wow. That's and has a career. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should go do that. <laughs> yeah. Maybe the, I'm, I'm going to take this podcast one sentence at a time. That Pe- was beautiful. Thank you. <laughs> lock it down. You inspired this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and we're going to uh, talk about something that, that uh, we're going to explore something, I think is a better way of putting it than I feel maybe, I don't know if I'm embarrassed to say this, but my ignorance on this. Let's try this sentence again tighter. (laughs) I'm a, I'm a stutterer and a bumbler. (laughs) It's uh, I don't know what that disease is from. Maybe it's, you know, my father would get very. uh, Well, okay, go ahead. Tell people my problem. You're talking about your problems a lot and go ahead and say it. Don't be embarrassed. (laughs) No, I'm, I'm, it's why I'm here. It's why I'm a human interest story. It's fine. It's, uh, I was saying that my ignorance on this subject matter, and I would say the large portion of our society is in the dark when it comes to transgender issues. Would you agree with that? Um, would it make you feel better? Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you are as ignorant as the rest of society. No, well, I think, I think, yeah, certainly, but I think it's getting better all the time, right? Like, um. I think I'm fairly ignorant on transgender issues. I think every I think there are a lot of issues. Uh so maybe I don't have any answers. Yeah, we're ignorant. We're all ignorant. Well, it's like the thing I read is that they recent like within the last year they've started saying it's not a disorder. Yeah, that's with the um diagnostic manual that therapists use, right? So they're coming out with a revised version and so they're there it's it's going through a similar process that being that homosexuality went through in the 70s where it was a disorder and then they're like well it's not there's not nothing that actually makes it a disorder it's a natural part of being human so um you know yeah there's three million roughly three million people in the united states i've never counted I I went and walked around and did it. You did it. <laughs> you you spotted every single some some of us blend in really well. I don't. I don't you have a good eye, good trans. Thank you. But I mean that 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 it that's a that's a big number, and that's not. Yeah, I I think, think there are different statistics, and of course it's like it's like anything. Like you know, so many people are 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 going to be closeted and don't feel safe. And as society is more welcoming to the concept of 
being transgender, you're going to see more people that can honestly express it. Um, and then you have all kinds of people that, you know, mess around with gender, um, like the social concepts of gender, because it's gender is mostly social, you know, the, the, the idea of gender like, and gender performance, like what women wear, what men wear. That's all made up. That's all like a social thing. So messing around with that part of it, that like one little piece of it is going to is it happens all the time. So and, and transgender is such a blanket term that um, I think progressive transgender people include anyone that kind of messes around with gender. So like cr- fetish, fetishistic cross dressers, like go, you're welcome, you know, go you, fine. You're, you're in, you're, you're considered transgender, which is um, a pretty like liberal, I guess, way to think about people um, versus like, uh, you know, 10 years ago it was like, well, transsexual is a real medical condition. It's a real condition. And all these other things are just like ruining it. Like this is, I'm this way. I'm not like a, a crossdresser. Um, even though I, in your mind, I'm crossdressing. I'm not a crossdresser. Um, and they're very different. And I want you to know the distinction between like a sexual fetish and like what I am. But, but I'm, I'm of the mind that it's like, you know what? any mutant is welcome into the club like it's just a big club and everyone's welcome and let's call call you can call yourself whatever you want and and if you want to be transgender you're transgender and if you want to not be transgender you're not transgender and so i think that <laughs> where are we going uh no i think so it's just a um so the numbers, I guess, <laughs> oh, back to the numbers because it's such a blur. Because it, yeah, yeah, it's blur. De- so definition? what? What? Yeah, the definitions are blurry because you're blurring, you're blurring a very binary definition, right? Of what like male is and female is, or or man and woman have these like like people think that there's a hard definition to what those things are, but we see that the definitions are just blurry. They are blurry. There's no objective definition. So um, when you're saying what somebody is, if somebody's transgender. The, the numbers the definite you know the, the numbers the, are going to change right it, it, it could know. if if i just enjoyed wearing dresses and when it's hot enough i i do that it's it's i i it's, don't <laughs> i don't so but it's like it's a uh that could be considered if you call a, yourself um you know okay so uh eddie Izzard, you know is that eddie Izzard calls himself him and says I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an action transvestite like as, as the bit of comedian like loves to like mess around with gender norms mm-hmm. um eddie izzard might not call himself transgendered but if he wanted to i'd say great eddie, eddie that is transgendered welcome well. to the club yeah exactly versus like maybe more specific terms like like transsexual which you know sex versus gender sex is a, is about the actual anatomy so transsexual might be more anatomical, and it's like, okay, you're changing your 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 genitalia or something. I don't even know if that's a very good definition, but right. like, that's probably much more specific. And um, Eddie Izzard would not be a transsexual, but would be a transgender person. It's just a broader term. So the numbers are the numbers are going to be all over the place, and, and uh, right. But it, we're a thing. We can still count us somehow. <laughs> but there's also there's a some of the things I read, they would it would say uh, uh, that the I am uh, I'm a man with woman's blood. What I don't know what exactly that 
Did, that I, mean, did you read that? Did you read me say that? I saw you uh, write that, but I also saw that in a couple articles that I read, and that's why I was like, oh, and I know that there was one article I read where uh, it was stating that one could be born uh, as a woman but have a Y chromosome. If I got my chromosomes right, didn't pay attention in biology. <laughs> yeah. Well, so there's a t- distinction, and I think we're right into this podcast. Here's the thing that I think is important if anybody's listening to this, and it's, I'm sure there are, there's somebody. Okay. Uh, sorry. <laughs> Thank you. For if, the any, if, anyone's, <laughs> if anyone's listening to this, Shad, this is for you, listening to it later. Uh, no, the the thing is, is that, you, you know, I am me. I'm part of like what I consider a class of trans people. And, and there's a culture to that. And there's a history to that. But when I'm speak, I'm not speaking on behalf. Like I don't think you're speaking on behalf of all white males right now. When I'm you're not saying a fan of a lot of white males, exactly. <laughs> so let's. So like you know when I'm saying these things, like this is I'm I'm sharing my white trans experience of a certain age of certain means, etc. Um, so it's not. It's not. I'm just. I, I guess my point is just that I'm going to share my my part of it. Um, you're also talking to somebody that's like transitioning this is seven weeks old for me like i've been doing the visual part of this the perform sort of performance part of it which is a kind of a bad word because it sounds like a dry queen or something for for seven weeks so it's it's very new and um you know somebody's going to be listening to my voice and going like that doesn't sound like a woman or something you know like but it's like this is i'm transitioning it's not a switch it's a it's a jerk it's a transition right from the social norm of being a man to the social norm of being a woman or a trans woman and it's going to take some time and you're catching me right in the beginning which is pretty common like if um if you're watching abc news and they do a story about a trans person it's usually like a trans woman they'll be like mr jones's first day back to school is mrs jones what do the kids think you know and it's like that's it's always like we're we're interesting in that in that moment that we start that big big life change and it's like that's the worst time to like look at somebody because we you know we might not look great or we might not speak well or we might not be that comfortable and it's a really awkward time you're 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 maybe experiencing new hormones you're going through like basically a second puberty there's there's awkward stuff going on um you're kind of interviewing a teenager and so like it's i don't it's a weird time because there are all these trans women out there that you would never know are trans, but they're going to tell you because it's part of their culture, their history, and um, their identity. But you wouldn't necessarily know just by like looking at them or hearing their voice or whatever. So you're hearing a very specific type of trans person in a very specific part of their, you know, experience. Um, well, I don't know what your question. Oh, so that, <laughs> yeah. So you're talking about girls, but so I so so. I just want to say that because when I'm talking about this stuff, it's just not, it's not necessarily like the way every single person wants to think about it. So I think for girls blood, I remember typing that when I started um, hormone replacement therapy, it's called two years ago. And there was, there was a sense at the time like that. Okay. I present as male and everyone calls me he, but if you took my blood, you know, like, and what, and, and the other thing about being trans is that, like, um, so often it's about genitals to people, right? It's like, oh, you know, are you going to get the surgery? And it's like, well, there's a lot of surgeries I could get. Like, 
my appendix out? Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> it's like, I know what you're talking about, but it's not about that. Like, if it was just about that, I could just go do that. And you'd never know because you've never seen, you have no idea what I have down there. Right. So like, you don't know what I have and what I don't have. And you'll never know unless you're my sexual partner. But like, um, or, 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 or pool partner or something. But so it's, I think I want to be very careful to not really, it's not about that. It's been about that. And people have been obsessed with that. But I think that's a really like, um, sort of Christian puritanical obsession. That's interesting. Because that's what I was thinking yeah. earlier and I, uh, when I was preparing. But I, And then I was like, but I throw that around a lot because I blame that for a lot of our yeah. idiots fucking mentality well, like, like, gay, like being gay like when you're saying like it, it's the same as like oh gay that's anal sex it's a dude with the penis and another dude's butthole like that's it's like no there are a lot of gay men who don't have anal sex who've never had anal sex i have and a good friend in chicago who was had nothing but oral and fucking tons of it <laughs> yeah or or not even penetration there's there are other ways to experience sex with a partner um besides that and a lot of men and women have anal sex like most men what re- <laughs> <laughs> i don't know if i don't have, have the internet is this just, re- truly yeah, <laughs> your girlfriend is going to ask you to do it and you better be ready and it might hurt the first time but be ready for it because you're gonna it, it might feel good for you too your prostate could be so you know so like the the the, the thing it becomes so quickly about sex and it's like it has nothing that's that's such a small part of our day why do you think that that's because is that i mean is that why do people go immediately to the sex is it just because that's our because i always think it's interesting how obsessive our culture is with people's sexuality in general like the thing about oh tom cruise is gay it's like who fucking cares i like, care i, I want to know <laughs> but i mean it's like i don't think the man's i think it would be great if he came out if he is gay if he came out yeah because it would do so much good i think no i don't think any you know? gay person wants tom cruise in, in that <laughs> he does not he's not like a good scientologist can have him okay <laughs> i was gonna say travolta born to who he's a Scientologist too? Yeah, let's let's get the let's get some more normal ones. <laughs> I can't think of anybody how about else uh, who's in the... uh, Hugh Jackman would have been great. Oh I yeah, was really Hugh excited Jackman. about there you go. yeah or um uh this, uh, I don't know you know. Do you think Hugh's gay? Well, I thought he. Well, I mean, he's you know. I don't, now I'm gonna just be a, a stereotype. Like it, maybe I did, I thought maybe right. Like he's really into show tunes. He's got some. He's got some of the, the, the things. But you know he's not. He's or, got or, some or, or, or well, what? You, no, I just. Oh man, I'm gonna get. Um, well, yeah, it's common though. I mean, it's commonly brought up. It, it's I not. Don't just, know, yeah, I don't know who he is and who isn't. But like, um, but you know, with actors and performers and people that are doing things that, uh, if they are like. There are a lot, because we live in Hollywood, like, there are a lot of closeted, there are a lot of actors that are, I'm not going to out them, but are gay and um, and no one knows. And, like, yeah, it would be cool. It is cool when somebody prominent talks about it in, like, a honest way and um, you realize, oh, I like that person and they're gay. That means I like a gay person. But I don't even know if that's that important anymore. I don't know if that kind of visibility, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not a, I don't know the politics of it, but I, I don't know how important that is for that, like, visibility. 
Right. You know, I guess it it definitely is, but um, you know, there's Ellen, and I I, I feel I hope that I guess I'm just like in a bubble, but I hope that like we've already had those people. I feel I feel like that that sort of like prominent. Yeah, it's it, but has there been a lot of prominent? I mean, Rock Hudson sort of was yeah. post facto. Yeah, I guess I don't know. I mean, I don't know why people hate hate gay. <laughs> but that's even not. I don't. Yeah, I guess I don't even know. I I did try to live as a gay man for a while, so it was there. But now I feel like I'm. Now I feel very outside of that world. I'd never really felt like I fit into it. Like I would go into on, the gay world. Yeah, because I would go on dates with guys, and I'd be like, and some of these guys are like, you know popular comedians or, or something and i'd be like oh this is great and he's oh, he's so great and and then it'd be like oh wow he's so great and he's just so um funny and smart and all this stuff but he's so gay <laughs> you know like <laughs> like which isn't like my thing but it's like oh you know what i didn't feel i i didn't feel like a gay man like i i was attracted to men and i was and i you know was one but i just didn't feel that way so like now as a trans woman, that now when I go out on a date with a guy, it's like most of the guys that are gay, like people will still try to set me up with their gay friends. And it's like, whoa, they're not interested in me. You, you know, you, you realize that they're not gay men are not interested in me at all. Like they're interested in, in men. Um, and so like my like w- transitionary state, it's like mostly men that are either that either think like trans bodies are beautiful and are specifically into trans women. There are plenty of guys like that, or they're straight men that just are like pretty open-minded about, you know, one tiny piece of your body, uh, which may or may not exist, you know? Right. But so it's just, it's just like, you know, I like, yeah, they're straight. You know. When, how young were you when you started feeling that you were in the wrong? Um, well, I the- think, yeah, that's a weird thing too. The, the wrong body thing is weird. Okay. So, I think that I didn't the like when I when I felt like I wasn't when I was confused about being put like when divided up into boys when I felt more I felt more association to girls and I felt like I should be a girl and I am and I'm just waiting for people to like come out and say like no 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 oh yeah we made a mistake like I was waiting for that like that you know the my my I remember being like about 5 I, I, my earliest memory. So I don't know how young I, I might've been two, but I remember being four and five and I remember a lot of things happening at four or five. And I remember at five and six being ashamed of it already. So all, all, by the time I was like earliest memories, I already had shame around it. So I don't know when I started feeling it and what created the shame, but I knew it was wrong. Do you think people around you be, were aware of it? Well, I've talked to a lot of my family members, and some of them were, and some of them weren't. And so, like, you know, the the way I think about it is, like, the bullies seem to know, <laughs> but the supportive people didn't really, you know. It's amazing how hate can have a, that extra eye. It out. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dad, you know, my stepdad was was ter- was a terrible, you know, military guy, and he would always call me a sissy and a crybaby, and he was always trying to get me to man up. But by then, I figured out how to, like, not... I found a, a paper that I wrote. We're jumping all over the place. But um, I found a paper that I wrote that was like, what are you going to be at 30? And I think it was like from fourth grade. So I wrote at 30. And then I, and I, and it was like, 
I'm going to be I'm going to be a football player. I'm going to play on the 49ers and the Falcons. I'm going to be and then I'm going to also fly airplanes for the Air Force. I'm going to drop bombs and do this. I will probably have a sports injury that'll mean I have to sit home and sew or something like that. <laughs> like it was like this weird you could tell and I'd never been into football. I'd never watched any sports and this is this is all cliche stuff. It doesn't it has nothing to do with gender. It's just my my personal preference. Never drew me to sports. But I just I'm like reading this paper now and I'm like, oh, I was saying exactly what I thought people wanted me to he- wanted to hear. And so it was all about like football playing and and jet fighter piloting. Like I was I knew how to act and I knew how to like do stuff. And like by the time I got into seventh grade, I was wearing like sports shirts and talking about and 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 I and I got really into hockey. Uh, or I'd pretend to be really into hockey because it was a sport that like people didn't really know about that much. So it was like I didn't – people would want to talk about basketball or football or something, and I'd be like, oh, well, hockey. And it's like so-and-so got a hat trick. And I worked at a baseball card store because they had comic books, and I was really into comic books. And I would just like remember stats. So like I would I would do like sports talk, but it was always like a year. I never watched a game. I never, ever watched a game. But it'd be like, oh, Jeremy Roenick, like he was like did, did this and he was from this college. And I just had like I have a good memory for that sort of thing. So I would talk like that stuff. But I wore a Chicago Blackhawks, Chicago Blackhawks jersey because it was like red and silky. <laughs> you know, like that was like my favorite thing to wear because I just liked how shiny it was. Like so it was like a Chicago Blackhawks jersey with parachute pants. And that was like, you know, I was just being, you know, it was like kind of peacocky because it was colorful. It had feathers on it. It was like the most colorful jersey. <laughs> so I was a Chicago Blackhawks fan. Um also I was a very racist <laughs> to native yeah. to native American. The, uh, many of our sport teams are. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't know. I'm all over the place. But back, so, but the earliest memory, like one of one of my earliest memories, is I was a kid and I was walking into my mom's room, and there was like a like a camisole or what now I know is a camisole, but it was like kind of a silky camisole, and I saw it laying by her bed, like on the opposite side of the bed of the door, and I was gonna wake her up, and I saw this laying on the floor, and I like picked it up, and I and it was like I thought it was a a ball gown my size because I was so young that like a a camisole t-shirt like or a shirt was like floor length to me and i held it up to my body and i was like oh man mom mom's gonna give this to me this ball gown like this is gonna this is she i I shouldn't see this i snuck into a room i shouldn't be in here she didn't she let accidentally left this out this is like for later she's gonna surprise me with this and i imagine that in the back of her closet she had a bunch of clothes she was going to give me and we were just like waiting for this to happen and it was like oh i get you know this is going to happen she's going to surprise me with this so i carefully put it back on the floor and tried to make it look like exactly how it was dropped and snuck back out of the room and made sure you know that i didn't wake her up and then just went and played or did whatever until she woke up and i was just like waiting and waiting and waiting for her to say i thought she had you know cuz there was no other reason that she would have it and so, like, that that's, like, super young stuff that I remember. And I was just waiting and waiting and, like, looking, always, like, looking at her and seeing, like, oh, she's going to surprise me now? And then, you know, 30 years later. <laughs> you, so, so it, that's those kind of memories I have. And, the, and another one I have that I have, like, that I have because mostly because there's, like, photos and stuff is, like, I would trade clothes with girls. Um, this would be about first grade. Um, I didn't go to kindergarten, so it would have been right when you were supposed to go to kindergarten or first grade. We lived on an Air Force base, and there was this big um, 
kind of playground between almost like a football field size playground in between every group of houses. So you go out there and I girls would have at that age would have like peel off nail polish and, you know, play makeup. And so I just like, I would, I was like really manipulative about it. Like I was thinking about it now. Oh, oh like, wouldn't it be funny if you dress me up? Hey, wouldn't it be funny? Like, wouldn't it be funny if we traded clothes and I wore your dress and you wore my clothes? Like, wouldn't that be, people would laugh so hard. <laughs> that would interesting. Be, yeah, that would be so funny, wouldn't it? And they'd be like, oh, yeah, that would be funny. And so I'd get to play in, like, a dress with these girls for a day, you know? And, like, that was, like, my M.O., like, when I was, like, I'd figured out how to manipulate stuff. But I remember one time I was, like, going to go home and I was wearing this dress and I was going to go home and I was like, okay, my mom will see me in it and then she'll know what how I feel and then she'll give me you know then like we can have like a real relationship and it'll be okay and i walked in and my mom goes oh cute and i was like oh whew. she's like that's so cute that'll look so cute on your brother that's so funny and she started laughing she's like that'll look so- your little blonde haired brother take it off take it off let's put it on eric and take a picture and i was like okay so i took it off and gave it and put we put it on my brother and she took a bunch of pictures of my like two years younger brother wearing the dress with his longer blonde hair and she thought it was so cute and adorable and she just thought it was funny and she's like okay we're done and it was like the most heartbreaking i was gonna thing. say because yeah on two i mean and i remember going in the basement and crying and i was like six or something you know like it was like i couldn't i couldn't like get you know like i was too afraid to just say like i want to be this or I think I should be this it was always like this kind of like I just I thought adults were gonna handle it for me like even you know as I got into like in fourth grade I remember like Mr. Hamner was clearly gay music teacher right and I was like Mr. Hamner oh he's gonna I can talk to him and it'd be like I just remember always going I joined choir just to talk to Mr. Hamner I was like Mr. Hamner like uh you know sometimes I just um you know like would just feel a certain way you know Mr. Hamner and did, I did, did I he understand or did no, he, not, and he the, didn't pick the, up on and, it no he kicked me out of choir like those like the the teachers that are like that and I and I I really in my early 20s I really hated them I was so mad at those teachers because they were extra kind of mean to me because I was really like clingy but I think, you know, at the time, if you were gay, you were closeted. And as a teacher, if you had a kid that was like clearly a gay student, there was no way you'd be able to reach out to that kid because you would be fired. You'd be accused of turning him gay. And, and this was in northern Montana and northern Michigan. So it's like these teachers had to hide it so deeply. And I'm sure that they had to push away those kids because they couldn't, you know, a parent would have accused them of turning their kid gay or talking to their kid. There was no way they could talk to you about that. Did you just not wait to get the fuck out of those places? Yeah, it was really hard. I had a 1.8 grade point average, and I did leave. um, uh, I graduated from high school. I was 17, and I moved out a week later. (laughs) So, um, yeah, you know. But I didn't – I wasn't self-aware enough because there was so much shame in hiding. It wasn't – I, it wasn't smart and I didn't I always wanted to move to like LA or San Francisco or something and I just ended up being too afraid and I ended up moving to North Carolina um, because that was like a place that it was a black hole on the map like my family would never find me there and I, I remember saying goodbye to my parents and like this really sincere way and just having them go like okay see ya you know and, but I was like I'm never gonna see my family again I'm gonna really miss my grandpa and I and I moved there to come out and to live as a woman. And why North Carolina? Because it was because <clears throat> because I knew nothing about it. 
Oh, because like, just like clean it was slate. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it was like this black yeah. in the map of like where I had been as a kid and where we did road trips and family things. It was like, it was like I knew it was like a swampy place. Like if I went there, no one would find me. You know, so it was just and I and I had heard like that they made movies there and stuff like that. So it was like you know in Wilmington they filmed the Dawson's Creek and stuff there were a lot of movies being made there and stuff I don't think those I don't think Dawson's Creek was out yet but it was like I'd heard that they made like they did Cape Fear there and stuff and so I heard they made movies there and I thought I could maybe like draw for movies or something so it was all so I I thought it'd be a great place to go and then they also had colleges and I thought maybe I could go to college or something um, was drawing sort of a big outlet for you? As well? Yeah, all the introverted stuff. Um, I was I was pretty like extroverted and like a kid that would run around and tell puberty, and then um, and then I got really introverted and got into Mad Magazine and comic books and um, drawing and and movies. I watched. We had a video store, and I I did some work one summer and got a TV and a VCR, and I watched two movies a night. You know, I like. I saw every movie that Gwen Sawyer TV and video had, uh, <laughs> probably multiple times. Um, horror movies and just any, just I would just watch every anything and just kind of shut down and go into my room and be really. It's interesting yeah. how Mad Magazine has been an sort of an outlet for a lot of sort of outsider kids for decades. Like Paul, I interviewed Paul Krasner from the sixth, and that was like his first sort of step into the. And it was like a big thing for me as well, like in a form of escape. And yeah, I don't. And, and I don't know and, what it is about that magazine that I does was, that. I'm I'm the one that said like, but I liked Cracked better. I, I did too. Oh, you did. That's so funny. Oh, uh, that's funny because I I'm almost embarrassing to say that because you know it's a little more low hanging. It wasn't as as I think too. Smart. I always wanted to be. I always sort of sought out the. I was like, oh, the everybody likes this. So oh, yeah, yeah, thank you for yeah. better articulating. <laughs> Period. <laughs> Sentence closed. No, I think uh, my brother was really into Mad Magazine. I mean, he was younger than I am, and I um, I had such a terrible time with my stepdad, and there were uh, that I ended up living with my grandfather in Montana um, in ninth grade. And when I came, they made me come back. I didn't want to come back because it was it was hard to live with my grandfather because I, I tried to come out to my grandpa too, and I was like, Grandpa, what do you think about like boys who like boys? And my grandpa was just like, No, that's terrible. Like. That means that you were abused by a by a dirty old man. Like that means you were abused, and it's just going to mess you up. And that just ain't right. That ain't right. And like I remember his like speech to me so clearly, and then I just shut it down. And then I was like, no, I'm not gonna. But it was safer. And I had like, you know, I had some girls' clothes and stuff under my bed that I could. So I I would wear like pantyhose under my jeans to school and stuff. So like that must have been hot. Oh, uh, warm, warm. Okay, <laughs> I was like, "Am I turning you on?" Uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it's a weird feeling. It's not, you know, but it, it there was it was just like it was like a certain amount of comfort. Um, that stopped when I got beat up at school one time, and he ripped my clothes off. And then I had to walk to the principal's office wearing pantyhose and no shirt. <laughs> and uh, my grandfather had to bring me clothes, and nobody, even though like people would find that stuff like when I was a kid. Um, I gave it. I I remember stealing clothes from girls at, from school uh, in like third grade, and um, uh, my mom found them and she and she left them on the table and she wrote a note like, "What is this? Why are you doing this?" And I I remember I went back and I was like, I had never masturbated, but I told her I was like, uh, but I knew that that was a thing. Like I read 
like a Playboy or something. I read something where I knew, and I was worried about it. I was worried that this was just going to be like some kind of, I was just some kind of a freak or something. And so I said like, oh, well, just like, I like the feeling of it when I touch myself or something like that. But I never done it. pretty smart though. (laughs) I'm a, I was a, when I think about the stories and stuff, I got out of stuff. I got, I got, I was afraid. I think that's why I was ashamed so young too. I just was like, I'd figured out like what was right and what was wrong and like what was you know, I didn't have the internet, but I like somehow I figured out like a lot of stuff, and I, it doesn't make sense to me now. Like I remember in in eighth grade, um, there was a farmer, and he had a uh, like a gun that you put on sheep's testicles to make them fall off, um, like guilt. You know, that's like what right. you, you did. I didn't know that's how they did that. Yeah, it's like a rubber band gun, and you you snap the rubber band on, and then the rubber band just squeezes and and Jesus yeah, and, Christ. and digs through. <laughs> And I remember thinking, I paid like, somebody to do that to me. <laughs> I, that's a people. Um, there so, are weird. There, there are electrical yeah, fetishes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, and there, and there, and there are trans people that have um, removed their own gen- genitals and stuff. I think that's a little intense. Um, so, but I, but I had thoughts about like, oh, I could just if I could sneak into the barn and get it, and then I could use it, and then maybe it would make me. So I knew things about like hormones and 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 testicles and I, and and some of that stuff. Or my aunt um, uh, ha- didn't have ovaries or had something going on and um, took hormones patches. And I remember being like, and this must have been fifth grade, I saw them in her closet. Um, and I was like, oh, I should take those and put those on me. And like, so I knew that, that, that how girls were made or something, but I don't know how I knew that stuff because right. it wasn't like there, there weren't no handbooks or anything. It wasn't. Um, I, I, I saw my, my stepdad had Playboy magazines and I read an article about Carolyn Cossie, who was a Bond girl, transsexual Bond girl. And so I kind of knew some of those things. And then I would like, I wasn't interested in porn, but I would, when, um, I would look, I, I was always like looking at porn magazines with my friend to see if there was ever like a transgendered person article in there to see like if that existed. And I started looking for that to, to kind of understand that because the article talked about that and it was and and then i read in the article it talked about her having an autobiography or autobiography and which, which movie james i'm totally unaware of this um i don't know it sounds like roger moore era yeah roger moore <laughs> like back background bond girl you know when there were many not not uh not pri- like now it's like there is a bond girl or whatever right. it was the one love interest this was like there was a gazillion there was of them. a bunch a bunch of people. I don't think he had sex with her. I think it was just um but I don't know. You can, you can look it up. Uh, <laughs> but there was a but there's a, a book about and I was like, Oh, I want to read that book, but there's no Amazon or anything, so I couldn't I was but I would like go to bookstores and try to find it and just try to find anything I could about people like me. Um but I also knew to hide it and and lie and and I lied to make myself. I, I I thought that was really disgusting to talk to my mom about masturbation, but that was better than talking to her about being trans. When was the point when you were like, "All right, no more of this bullshit. I'm doing what I got to do." I think I was like twenty, but I still didn't have enough information. Um. So when I moved to North Carolina, I was like, "I'm going to do this," and then so I started. I went to the there was a club called Mythos, and it was like kind of a four floor multiple room alternative nightclub that encompassed for the for the south all possible things so that's when i was exposed to like 
there were people doing like all these S and M people and then trans people and and just gays and lesbians, but like you know whatever whatever thing you had going on in the South, like you went to this nightclub and you did it, and and so I, I had that exposure. Um, but so you know I w- I was never into all that stuff, but I started dressing um, like a girl and you know uh, going out with old men who would buy us stuff. So that was kind of my thing. I lived at the YMCA and worked in an art supply store and then would go home, change my clothes, go to the club. You know, I took um, illegal hormones for like a minute, you know, but then I I read about... How um, do you get a hold of illegal? And that can't be... I mean, that seems potentially dangerous. It's very dangerous. And that's why I stopped because I read that... um, Candy Darling Warhol's Candy Darling died from doing that. Uh, I think I think that wasn't true. She got leukemia, I think, um, but it might, may have been caused by taking illegal hormones. But I had heard that she died. That that was how she died. So I stopped doing it. Um, you know, I mean, how do you get a hold of speed? Like it's just like it's you, there's there are doctors that are into trans women, or there you know like people will get it for you. You know, if 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 somebody thinks they can have sex with you, they'll get whatever it would what drugs you need and, and probably hormones are easier to get than I forgot men will do anything for sex. Yeah. <laughs> so I don't you know, I don't know exactly what the the like pipeline was, but um you know, there were th- these guys would, you know, have families or whatever, but they would like trans women and and uh and say like, Hey, well, you know, I'll I'll uh I'll put you up in a one bedroom apartment, but I'm gonna keep the key, <laughs> you know. There really? were, yeah, and I mean, they, they would were, just come over whenever the hell they felt like it. Or? I guess I, I, I had a guy that was telling me like, "Oh, you, you're an artist, really? Like that's so interesting." And um, so I'll, I'll get you an art school, uh, an art studio. I'm a commercial real estate person, so I'll get you an art studio, and and you can stay there and and make your art, and it'll be so great. Let's like look around for spaces and stuff like that. So like, these guys were promising you the world like you know anything you wanted that's what they'd give you and the reality is they'd buy you maybe a cute top <laughs> but like <laughs> you know it was that was kind of the scene and I, I i'm sure that still goes on but um but you you know at the time i it was like in hindsight i think i think i was looking for two things i was like yeah i wanted men to buy me things but i also was like i think i was looking for approval from like a dad you know what i mean mm-hmm. i remember specifically like going clothes shopping and and i was pretty cute like like you know now i'm much older i'm 38 but at 19 like i had a pert nose and i weighed about 50 pounds less than i did so i i looked good and it was kind of a catch and so like i remember going to this clothing store and i walked out wearing like this this top and and he was like looking at me and like going like uh oh you look so great and you look so great and we bought it and I, and I remember walking out of the dressing room and having him say you know you look great I'll buy that for you it was like it was really like a, a father daughter experience I think in my mind that there was this like person that was like proud of me and and wanted you know me to be happy and and, and stuff and it didn't even feel sexual just felt nice you know there i i I, after years of therapy i figured out that like you know you compartmentalize so much and you you're basically like there's so much trauma around being trans and having that kind of brain and having those feelings that like you're basically like pretty ptsd and you compartmentalize 
like crazy and so i was able to do that and so like these these sort of not i wouldn't say personalities but these feelings that you had in one situation would be completely different than something else and you might not be able to trust the right person because that guy ended up taking me out into the woods um when we were looking for my art studio he um said let me show you where i'm gonna put my cabin and we got deeper and deeper and deeper into snaky swampy north carolina woods and uh you know and then the next day i was on a bus out of north carolina never looking back because it was a, a terror i had a terrible experience and and he hurt me and um and I went to the YMCA and I said, my mom's sick. I lied to them. I said, my mom's sick. I just need a bus ticket. And they said, we'll see what we can do. And they gathered enough money for a Greyhound bus ticket. And I just like went to Wisconsin. Um, so it was just like, and I, which, and I didn't know anybody there, but I just needed to get out of that state. And I, and then I also just said like, okay, you know, that experience of being in North Carolina and it was only about five months total, but it was so dark. The club was dark. It was so seedy. It was just like, it's just pure darkness in my mind. And like, you know, I, I lived in this little tiny room in the YMCA. When the, when I went to the bathroom, somebody was fucking in there, you know, you're stepping over bodies. It was just, it's just like, it's just a bad vibe that it, and, and I think I felt so scarred from it that I was just like, I can't, this is what trans is. This is what, this is what me indulging in my fucked up mind gets me. And it's going to be pure poison, and I can't ever do that again. And then that's when I was like, I'm never going to do that again. So that's kind of, I mean, kind of went under. It's pretty. It's, I mean, it's a very dark, and it's it's far enough away now that you know, and I've talked about it enough therapy that I think I can I can talk about it and think about it and think about the positive aspects of it. Like, it, there's certain amount, there's certain self esteem things that I hold on to from that time, and there's certain things that that are good, but. Um, yeah. It's difficult enough to be <clears throat> in your 20s trying to figure out who the fuck you are in the world and the mistakes you make, but then to throw in, you know, the transgender issue and discovering yourself within that. I mean, it's perplexing how yeah. painful and I, 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 I mean, I can't even imagine that. Yeah, it definitely wasn't like a, you're going to college, you're living here, and you're going to do this, and you come home for the summer's experience. So <laughs> my, it was a lot of wandering around and trying to find myself in in really weird ways and, and, you know, abusing myself, abusing my body and getting drunk and, you know, just not, it wasn't great, but... Um, and you, you moved to Los Angeles to sort of, that was to sort of, all right, the, the big leap, so to speak, because... Yeah, so now um, this transition, well, that's what we call it, um, I moved to Los Angeles to do it again. And, and, and I had had, you know, at various points in my life between 20 and 35, I guess, is when I started to, like, really look at it again. I had gone to gender therapists at 22 and, like, uh, 24 I think when I was 27 I, I, I like kind of touched on it a few more times but I also got sick with um, psoriatic arthritis which is an autoimmune disorder that that um, gives you arthritic arthritic symptoms and I think that was around 25 so I was like limping and I think the pain from that like there was a time I just didn't work for four months and I got really into the internet and like I just like the pain from being a sick person until they came out with this, this injectable drug that made me better really like 
covered about three years of just you know self-absorption and not not dealing with not thinking about stuff it's easier it's easy when you're in a lot of pain like crawling into your house it's easy not to think about other problems or easier but mostly it was a lot of just like um yeah compartmentalizing uh working was the other thing i would work all the time and if i'm working and i'm busy and i'm weighing over my head and stressed out and high anxiety then hopefully i'm not thinking about how wrong everything feels um and uh so i just worked i didn't really connect with people and i just did that stuff but i don't know just a series of things happened over the last like into my when i got into my 30s and i was just like i just couldn't not do it anymore and uh it wasn't easy it wasn't like i mean i there's so much self-loathing especially after that thing i was just like i was so sort of transphobic and homophobic i just like i i feel like i was the senator that that is up screaming you know burn the gays and then is having like affairs with boys in airports or whatever like it felt like i was living two different lives because when i because when i was working and and feeling it i was like no trans people are are disgusting are gross are men in dresses are i don't want to be that i don't want to be that disgusting dark gross thing i can't i don't want that which is like kind of weird because people this isn't the same experience for everybody some people have very simple transitions there are a lot of people especially now there are people that are like four years old say i'm this they go to some therapy it's still very difficult for them for sure i saw that article on your page about izzy the the uh like at three or three or four, like you were saying, yeah. it was like uh, supportive I parents. Boy. Just a, yeah, a, a, yeah, yeah, right. So just a much better chance, you know, the right doctors, and just had a better shot of like going through a more normal childhood. You still have to live in the society who you know and be and taunted by kids at school and have other parents tell your parents that they're crazy and all those things. But just has a better shot, you know. If they're trans, a trans girl, they're not going to go through a masculinizing puberty. So they don't look like men men in dresses, and and that's a terrible, negative stereotype. Like I don't I don't wear dresses now, um, or 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 you go through the, the a normal puberty, and then you have a life that's just probably just has normal problems, all the regular right. problems that that everyone has. Um, so I just I just hated the thought of it so much. And oh, I guess my point was that people I think people, especially critics, seem to think that like, oh, I just wanted to be a woman and just decided I I want to be a woman and I'm gonna do. It's like no, I fought this so freaking hard, and it got to a point where it was like, I was crying at every TV show. I was seeing parallels all the time, and and I got pretty suicidal and I got really depressed, and I started to see a therapist five days a week <laughs> and so I'm going five days a week and she's great and uh after about two years of that um you know started to sort of replace some of the really ugly objects in my mind with better ones and started to sort of get the self-esteem up and and I just was sick of being depressed and, and I was like I gotta I'm gonna try little things like little bits at a time it wasn't about becoming a woman it was about becoming whole and it wasn't about a superficial thing at all it was about like what am I gonna do and and I my therapist gives me a hard time about it now, but like she's like, I was always like I cannot let's figure out something. I cannot transition though. I own a business. I have mouths to feed. I'm I'm a person that's like I can't lose everything like trans people do. 
You, um, I, you've, I saw you write something about that as well. And like, is that just you lose you just lose. people just because wh- why is that? Like th- just that fucking ignorance again? Yeah. You know, I mean, well, it depends on where you are and who you are. But um, it's really tough for some people. They lo- Yeah, they lose their family and their family doesn't want to talk to them anymore. And they uh, maybe they did get married or maybe they have children and they lose their children. Maybe they lose their children. Maybe they, you know, it's very it's legal to fire people in most states for being trans. If you come out at work and you lose your job, um, I saw. Okay. And sometimes you lose things not because of what other people are doing, but because of what your own brain is doing. Like you, you get defensive. It's hard to be around people that are calling you he when you're trying to be something else. You you know you lash out. You like are dealing with something. You can be you're you're dealing with yourself so you become self-centered and in what you think is a positive way because you're exploring yourself but it makes you kind of maybe um potential like it made me potentially like withdraw from things that i wouldn't have withdrawn from before um so you, you lose stuff because of other people and you lose stuff because of yourself has there been like on the legal front when it's legal to fire some which is yeah. fucking oh, well, awful but I'm well i do i, I want to say too like sometimes you lose things because you because you want to you know like the things that matter to you don't matter as much anymore like you took a certain job because you thought it was especially masculinizing or you, you went you know like th- this happens all the time like people people trans women uh, a, a certain kind will will try to like butch up you know if they're if they're femme they'll be like okay i'm gonna this is I don't know why I have these feelings, but I'm going to join the military and they'll, they'll, they'll get them out of me, you know, or I'm, I, I joined wrestling. I joined the wrestling team in 10th grade and I'd never played any sports or anything. I'm, like, I'm joining the wrestling team and this will make me not, you know, if I join, I think if I just got bigger muscles, I wouldn't feel this way about myself anymore. I could be comfortable with my body. If like, you know, if you're attracted to men, it's like, okay, I like this kind of body. If I got the muscles that there you know i was matt is a guy that i was thinking about from high school i've got the muscles that matt had then i would like my body because i like his body so i would like my body and then so i wouldn't feel weird about it and that's not how it works (laughs) because when you join a wrestling team it was just it's just like it awakened me (laughs) sexually so it was um but you know i think that's uh, i hear gay people uh, gay men talk about that too where they're you know like they went through a phase where they tried to not be, you know, be gay by joining the football team or whatever. And masculine and feminine does not mean gay or straight or trans or we call you cis, like cisgendered. If you're not trans, it doesn't mean you're trans or cis. So um, it's all just a big mess. And uh, I, I feel like every word that comes out of my mouth is some terrible stereotype and I don't want it to be. Um, okay. Legally. Yes. You know, Minnesota was like the first state to recognize gender identity as like discrimination back in the 70s. That, and then and then they, you know, other states have adopted it. California has laws in place, but you know, a lot of states don't have it and there's there's currently a law like a federal law called the Employee Non-Discrimination Act, I think, mm-hmm. um that they're trying to get passed that there's like a lot of contention because it, it would federally cuz you can you can be fired in a lot of states if you're if you're gay. Um, or lesbian. So, Jesus fucking Christ, what decade are we in? Yeah. I mean, it's amazing. It's like, really, still we're doing this? Yeah, well, of course. I mean, 
you know they can't even you can't even get married you can't i know it's just it's a it's it's just so fucking mind-blowing to me so and trans people can in so many states because as soon as you change your birth certificate then you can get married if you want to marry you know unless you're a lesbian trans woman then you can't get married but there are like weird workarounds where there are legally married trans women like a, a trans woman married to a cis woman that got married when the trans woman is presenting as a man and there's so they and their marriage is still valid like it doesn't invalidate the ma- marriage in every state so you're legally you're legally lesbians legally married in a state where gay marriage is illegal because of because it's it just gets complicated that's a funny loophole it's <laughs> yeah like... yeah yeah so there are there are lesbians married in 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 a lot of states or or uh men trans men and 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 uh and their male partner. Are there a lot of like legal organizations that are? I, I saw some online. There was a couple, few states that have like. Yeah, I think there's like there's a trans transgender law center. There are some national organizations. They're small and they they have very little funding. It's like um, Mara Kessling. There there are certain you know activists that are doing all the work. You know, you know, through a handful of people that are getting in there and talking to the president about trans issues and stuff. So. Um, but, but, you know, a lot of the, like a lot of the, uh, we, we often get fall whether, you know, into GLBT, right. The T in GLBT or LGBT. So a lot of like, um, you know, queer laws tack on trans stuff. So we get, you know, human rights campaign will put gender identity into a bill, but often will compromise and take it out because, even the senators, even like Republican senators that are very okay with like non-discrimination based on sex- sexual orientation, as soon as you enter gender identity, like it's still, that's the ugly stepchild, right? So like, it's still like, no, we can't, we have to remove that part. Uh, so trans gets cut out of it and for the sake of negotiation, but they were, they were kind of lambasted for that. The human rights committee or HRC, what is that committee or commission? What is that? The HRC. Um, so, uh, and 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 I think they've kind of tried to change their tune. I'm sure there's if there's queer people listening, political people, they'll say no, no, they're the evil organization that really like threw us under the bus. But you know, we have to within the organizations, we have to do our work and fight. I'm not a political person. I mean, I'm not a an activist, so I'm not. I it's a weird for me to speak from like an activist position. Right. But, that's but kind was of, wasn't there more of a a separation, like especially in the '70s, of between transgender and and hom- the homosexual because i remember the, i don't know i can't think of his last name Vito something was a, a gay rights activist in new york city in the 70s and he was yelling at this rally in washington square park cuz people were yelling gays and transgenders were fighting yeah and it was like transgenders isn't a, a word <laughs> what did i say you said transgenders I didn't mean to put the S there. <laughs> yeah. No, it's just, no, it's, it's a you funny. You said children. It makes it, yeah, I say children. <laughs> it's a funny, it's just a funny, like, um, it's just not, you know. I like to pluralize. Trans, I'm from trans, Chicago. We it's pluralize. An it's an adjective. Trans, transgender people. Trans transgender. This is why I wanted women, to do this. Trans men, trans space women. It's a, it's just an adjective. It's, it's descriptive of a, of a woman or a man. I'm a fucking idiot. <laughs> no, or of people. No, it's fine. It's just, um, uh, it comes because uh, people would say transsexuals, and so it does make sense to say transgenders in a way, right? Is there? But is but, but, but is yeah, there? Mo- yeah, well, of course. I mean, you know, 
log cabin Republicans and like there's it's the like most even one within, of the most confusing within, within any organization there there's all these splits and when you have an opportunity to to politically gain some ground and you think you can get get yours you're maybe not thinking about your your third cousin you know like so and like especially in the 70s uh, um and early 80s gay rights organizations in that infancy like nambla was a part of gay rights organizations like in the first couple um pride parades nambla was Alan's, represented Allen ginsburg was there president and spokesman for years yeah so like you have you have these organizations that are just sort of like non-normative that get brought in because it's like we need bodies we need we need people we you know the the tide rises all shit raises all ships and i think it was i i mean the history everyone's got stories of the history because it's such an oral history so the you know there's a million different stories but like I think it was mostly lesbians and mothers and 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 radical feminists that were saying like Nambla does not belong in our you know in in this thing and then and then they were kind of forced out over but it took years to, for Nambla to 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 get out of um of gay rights organizations and I so so trans I mean trans is a weird one too because it wasn't you know gay like gay and lesbian was, was so much more visible earlier than trans was um because you could still work and be gay you know it's very different to be trans because it's it's you wear it on your on your shoulder you know you you wear it on your <laughs> sleeve uh so whereas gay it would was maybe a little easier to hide back then or something like that so it's it, like so, you know, Harvey Milk as a charismatic person, it was just about what he did in the bedroom versus a trans person is like just like, you know, in your face at that time, because in that time, trans trans people were all late transitioners because it was like they were all people that were like 40 or 50. So like a lot of a lot of the people that represented trans people were like were older and did have like kind of a male life and then a transition, whereas now you have a lot of the trans activists are 20 or they're in college or they transition when they were 16 or 12 or 10 or five. And they have only known girlhood and only known womanhood. And, you know, so it's just a, so they're, they're a better spokesperson to, to middle America because they can be charismatic and they don't look off to them. So I think, I think that was one of the problems with the seventies, but then like Stonewall, um, some of the biggest activists in Stonewall were trans women and they were like really instrumental in the riots in most of the oral history. But then like gay historians will say like, 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 Oh, tr well the trans movement is trying to co-op Stonewall, which is our, which is ours. So, well, no, they didn't have as big of a role. So there's just still fighting because there's no videos and photos and everything else. It's just a lot of oral history. And the two prominent trans women, that were there at Stonewall, um, you know, have passed away. So that history is just going to get rewritten over and over and over again. But I think I, so, but now the T is in it. Um, but even like in LA, like I went to pride last year, Minneapolis pride is, a, is, is amazing. It's a park. There are a lot of families there. The parade goes through the city and it's just a big political, amazing park experience. Gay pride in LA is very gay it's very gay male centered it's a lot of dancing it's a lot of 
fuck this is such a stereotype but you know what i mean it's it takes yeah. the parade goes through west hollywood like it's so you don't even know if you're if you're not in the gay neighborhood which minneapolis doesn't really have you don't see the gay pride parade because it goes through only the gay neighborhood in front of the gay bars you know landing in the gay park with the gay men and and women but like little compartments it's hardly even political it's more of like a giant party it's a 20 dollars admission fee nobody's walking in there with a stroller um so like it's they it's, charge for that now yes well not for the whole like not the parade but the the pride celebration i think so, yeah 20, oh. 20 bucks. yeah it, it, as i recall in chicago it was very similar yeah uh, the bigger city was more but it was more like i all my straight friends went to gay pride parades yeah. in chicago it was like a big like i think people do that here too but just much it's it's a lot less but in minneapolis pride is the biggest parade in town really it's the yeah it's the thing you do and in the summer it's like a great place to go get cheese curds you know and support and it's just a nice walk and there there's actually like a lot of animal cruelty stuff there and you know all sort of progressive politics kind of get brought to gay pride and it's really political like a leftist more ideal it's wonderful. It's great. And I thought that I was like, I'm going to go to New York Pride and I'm going to go to LA Pride and see this on a bigger scale. But I went to both of those and it was like, the booths are like gay cruises. You know, there was hardly anything political last year, you know, during like a presidential election happening. <laughs> and there was like nothing, you know? So, um, I, and I guess my point is, and so in LA, instead of it being like a GLBT event, there's a separate thing called Trans Pride. Because I guess because there's a big enough community that has its own issues, but so so in certain places it's going to be really separate and uh, and different and with with a way different message and and different needs. Yeah, um, I don't know how I feel about it because it feels like the more people band together, just in general, the better off we all are, and the more quickly we could cause change. If we start s- separating everything. It just—it seems like that just is going to cause more conflict. Yeah. Well, I mean, you think about the sort of intersections of it. If it's like, if it's like, gay, gay males are often like white gay males still have male privilege, so they're going to have more representation and more power than lesbians. So the lesbians have to, you know, have dyke march or have their own sort of separate and have different politics. Like it's not the same politics. Right. There's there's all this. There's all this crossover politics, but it's not—it's not exactly the same. And then trans people have so little power and have so little resources because, you know, I, I saw some statistic about like trans women, um, even with advanced degrees, fifty percent make under fifteen thousand a year. Like Motherfucker. it's yeah, like it's just <laughs> a really so and the and and the health issues and and stuff is just massively different, you know. Yeah, I saw something. I, 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 it sounds like I did all my research off your Facebook page, which <laughs> is not the truth. <laughs> no, I, I well, no, I'm a little worried about it because I'm thinking that I'm not having being trans be a major part of my social network identity, but I, no, I clearly am. Uh, uh, but like... you, you, but you said something really interesting about. Well, it was. I think there was two things about how how the word tranny is is an ugly word which i mm-hmm. think a lot of people don't know and how offensive that is and also that and i think this is kind of the a large portion of the way people think is that uh transsexuals 
you know, you see the, the prostitutes on like Santa Monica Boulevard, and I think a lot of people think that's what it's all about. And it's mm-hmm. like, uh, like, oh, they're deviants who got to go blow dudes in cars. Like, I think that's how a lot of people think that uh, that way sure i and I, it's part of you uh, i didn't mean to interrupt you but just like but is part of that sort of the uh i think for lack of a better word the oppression or the the sort of the pushing away and because they can't get you like what is that dynamic? that's what that is that's a symptom of a of, of a terrible that yeah sex work is how is what you can do because it's really hard to get a job at mcdonald's as a trans woman you know it's really hard like when you're when i was 20 that's you know it's it's like it's like it's like why do uh black men get involved with the drug trade it's like you're 20 and you can either go into mcdonald's and ask for an application and maybe get a job well 20 is not a bad a bad example but you're 16 or whatever or you have men saying hey you know what let me buy you some stuff here, let me give you a few hundred bucks. Let me take care of you. Like you have, I mean, yeah, you're going to, and, and if you want hormones and you, you don't have medical insurance and you have this, these medical needs, you need money. And the sex work is a way for young women and men to get money. So it's, um, and I think it's, I think it's pretty radically different, uh, to be like sort of adolescent or in your early twenties for trans women and trans men, because trans men, the lesbian community is is really good to sort of like you know if you're masculine if you're a trans man and so then you're, you're kind of being maybe masculine potentially such stereotypes but likely you're masculine like being butch is okay like be, dressing wearing a male shirt for a woman is okay like we in our culture masculinity is good and femininity is bad so if you're a trans woman who's feminine you're kind of and people do assume that you're a, a sex worker or it's about sex or sex perversion but it's not those women are out there involved in the sex trade to like live and to earn money because they can't they're not going to be ceos they're not going to be and it's and it's also like a high proportion of like um uh homeless youth rglbt you know you get kicked out of your house and and you come out and you get kicked out of your house and so you're going to be on the streets and you're going to learn sex trade you're gonna be homeless like this that's just a symptom that has nothing to do with like deviance at all like you know hold them to the same standards that you hold up you know any woman like i think when you're thinking about well why does that trans person do this or why does that trans person do that it's like just hold them to the standards of the cisgender counterpart and then they're not doing anything that weird you know oh that woman got kicked out of her house had a lot, you know, had a lousy up, up, upbringing and got kicked out of her house and was homeless and like needed money for medical reasons and went into sex work. You know, it's like it's you 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 you, you get involved in a club scene so fast and you get involved in the nighttime activities so quickly because it's that's what's available to you. Nobody's saying like here's your college scholarship. You know, like it's it's just ugly because it's because you're 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 the underbelly. So, I don't know. Um, no, it's it's. Uh, I that's I think the problem with our society, you know, overall is we never, not we, I mean, but a great many, don't want to scratch deeper. It's easier, you know, and think like, what is that person's story? What yeah. led them to, and what is their pain? Yeah. 
and I, I mean, I feel you're telling me that I feel like my I'm a little I'm upset about it. Are you disappointed? Well, like disappointed no, I mean, in it's yourself or no, or no. In, I, in I'm sad that yeah. that that these the people are out there suffering because our dumb fuck society is not welcoming and just like let everyone be who the fuck they are. You know, yeah. it's fucking sad. <laughs> it's that's what breaks my heart. It's like just. We're, you know, just let people be happy and yeah. Fuck well, off. you know, we're and it's not just about being trans. It's like it's like if you look, if you look more, if you are born with the bone structure where you look more feminine and you're more passable, then you have different opportunities just by being more beautiful than you do being less attractive. And it's just like, and then and then and then you're living as a woman, so that already is like less than and then you're less you're less than a man and then you're less than a woman and you you're, you're pretty quickly at, kind of at the bottom and then if you and then if you're a woman of color you're then you're like <laughs> then you're less than you get a lot of less thans so like you're kind of at the bottom of the barrel socially you know socially like if you if you're a trans woman of color with you know conservative parents you don't get a shot you know, and a Muslim. If you throw in Muslim, you're really just at the bottom. Yeah, <laughs> just keep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just like, you know, you can be all these things, and it's gonna be tough for you. And um, and then that's something that like here I'm on a podcast, and it's like, look, I'm white. Um, I, you know, I I'm pretty smart, and I started my own company, and I live in a, in Southern California, and I have a creative uh community around me and it's a creative company and so like and i'm my own boss so i didn't get fired um although my i was really worried about my all my clients not wanting to work with me anymore but you know they're all creative and they're hiring a creative person to do creative things and so for me this has been incredibly hard but easy objectively so easy because you know i when i like even um there's this thing called the standards of care which are uh, which were created in the 60 by patriarchal medical institution that said like, you know, if you want to be a trans woman, you have to dress as a woman for a year before you can get medical treatment and stuff. So we have all these stereotypes that are created by society, you know, society's creating the thing that society hates. So you have like this, you have somebody that's maybe has a beard and, and, and has been living a male life and, and doing that stuff or maybe isn't even particularly feminine because they're you don't have to be feminine to be a woman or you don't have to be feminine uh at all and so they're but they're being told that they have to dress as a woman by 1960 standards so it's don draper saying you have to be a woman which means dress in heels and if you're going to be serious about it then you need to take a job that a woman has so you know you need to quit that banker job that you got and be a nurse or be a homemaker and then you know and these were these were prescription this is what trans people had to do back then what trans women had to do back then and that lasts that still goes on there are still therapists that tell like their patients if you want medical treatment you need to i need to see more femininity i need to see more you know fucking sexism like a lot of it. So then you've got people that are being told by like their medical professionals and their therapists to be incredibly sexist because they're sexist. And then those people are out there encountering cis women who see the sexism rampant 
in trans people. So then they're going like, what do you, you think being a woman is throwing on a dress and heels? And it's like, well, I, I don't know if I do. I don't think I did, but I, I'm told like, that's what the doctor prescribed me, you know, like it's, it's really messed up. And so we have these, we have these stereotypes and then the media stereotypes are even worse. You know, like I remember being in ninth grade and people told me about this movie called silence of the lands. And, uh, and everybody's freaking out about it. It's the craziest movie. Oh, wow. What's so crazy about it? Well, there's, okay, there's this murderer and serial killer. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Oh, that's going to be so gross. Yeah, but here's the grossest thing. He wants to be a woman. Like that was what my experience with science lands. And it's like, oh, really? This is, no, this is, this was eighth grade. Um, really? Oh, that's what, yeah. And he cuts up women. He tries to make a skin suit out of them because he wants to be a woman because people that want to be one, you know, like being, and and that person was mentally ill, not transgender. Like, there's a lot of people that like mess with gender too. Like, um, that kind of caused problems for it. Like, uh, psychologically, like if you have borderline personality disorder and you have like kind of identity disorders, you might feel like you're supposed to be a different gender or a different person. And it's but that could be cured with proper talk therapy. Or if you're um dissociative identity disorder and have others and alt alternates and I don't, I don't know that much about it but that's like that's not trans and that can be cured with talk therapy and drugs and things um or you could just be a a rampant fetishist who just wants to be get off all the time right so there are different reasons that people do this and, and those cause inaccurate portrayals of what like a trans like a diagnosed right uh trans person is um who who's a you know allowed by medicine to transition because that's the only cure for their particular feelings um man all over the place right no where were I we did great <laughs> well, i asked you what your favorite ice cream was oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh i like chocolate that then they take the chocolate out and becomes vanilla i like a mixture of nuts and no jesus Christ. i uh, uh it's interesting because i've thought for a couple years that you it seems like you would see a character in mainstream that it is time for a, a transgender character yeah and I, the only one i can think of other than uh crying game is uh john lithgow in the world according to gart but it would be great to, yeah but that i mean he looked terrible <laughs> like as a, john lithgow yeah <laughs> it's i mean you know what i mean like and that's not i'm not trying to be superficial but that that's not an accurate portrayal of like that's the other that's the problem is like so you have you have a transgender character and you're trying to be sensitive to it so you you have it played by a, a man like a gen and like a cis man doing trans and and it's going to be like well that person hasn't been on hormones for years that person doesn't have like the the changing body and look and all this stuff that real that trans people go through so they they do have that kind of man in a dress and they have that they have the voice that i have like it's not it's unpracticed and it's you know right. and it's like mrs doubtfire kind of stuff and it's like that's not the way to have an accurate portrayal of a trans woman is to hire a trans actress and not do all the bullshit that movies do. Will Weldon has a great bit about it. I don't know. It's such a great. I do. Do you it's, know it? Okay, so he's such a great stand-up comedian. Yeah, he's too. so good, and um, it, it it's such an important bit to me because of what happened around it. But I went to the comedy festival, um, the riot LA, uh -huh. right? And it was at the downtown Independent, and he and he did it, and the theater was packed. So I don't know what that holds a couple hundred people or something. It's, it's a big theater. Yeah, it's huge. Yeah, so it's packed, and um. 
and he tells his bit and I, I, I kind of asked him if I could give it away because it's such like an important story and he said that it was okay. So go uh, follow Will Weldon for some of the smartest com- uh, comedy and in exchange for that, I'm going to ruin his bit for you. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's about, he talks about, and I've never heard anybody do a trans I joke. Neither. Because people, well, people use transsexual as an adjective to describe something disgusting and worse and less than tran, tra, a tranny hooker or a tranny, you know, like I'm going to tell a joke about a prostitute, and it, but I'm going to add tranny prostitute and now it's going to be even worse right so it always means worse or less than it's always you just have to cringe during so many comedy shows and i'm friends with a lot of comics and the, or you know whatever and they'll do like a trans joke or did or even gay jokes are still like pretty prevalent and todd glass talks about that when he when he in his coming out to mark Marin podcast just like you know he's a comedian he gets it he lets he's not word policing anybody but all those jokes just like chip away at you. It just like eats away at you like a little bit at a time. It just gets in there. And that's what's happening. So all the trans jokes and all the trans thing. And it happens now. I'm following people on Instagram and I was following this like, you know, totally attractive, prominent LA person <laughs> who did her makeup and, um, you know, it was kind of extra exaggerated and, and, and wrote as a caption, tranny face. She's just being fun she was having fun with her look but she wrote that and it made me not want to get out of bed that day you know it just felt terrible like that's what you see me and i don't that's what you think of me as you know you know me but like that's what you think or and then another another woman uh put up a text message that she had sent to her boyfriend and it was like all these sort of funny things but she was sort of i telling him how much she loved him and it was just like more than a transsexual prostitute doing this and it was like man you're just using that as extra bad it just means wrong and dirty and bad and there again i did not want to get up out of the bed because i think wow these are like these are my acquaintances these are people i know from around town these people are going to see and i don't know what they think about me i'm going to start crying sorry i don't know what they think about me you know and it's like it's really hard to be, I, I think I'm in this really safe place in this creative community, but then I, you know, I'm down on Fr- Franklin Village or something. No, I don't want to give away my, but I, <laughs> come, dead. come come stalk me. No, I, but I'm like down in, in Franklin Village and it's such a small little world and, I, and I'm like, oh, am I the, am I the Franklin Village tranny? Like, am I, you know, like I have those thoughts and it's, it's, it's hard. <laughs> like, I just want to be in, really invisible, but I'm not because I'm 5'11 and I'm transitioning and it's hard and like, you know, I think people like I can take a good picture sometimes and I'll I'll do a good enough job that people are like, oh, you look all right or something, which gives me a little bit of a pass. But it's, you know, it's not. I'm, it's hard. <laughs> um, So uh, what, what was I talking about? Oh, Will's. So Will's bit was. Was I was sitting there and he starts talking about like, you know, in movies whenever you see and and we were just talking about this too but when you there's like uh the crying game or any of those movies like somebody trans transgender people are always like they do it to trap men and there's actually like theories about that online where people say like no medically that's what they're doing it's a self-loathing homosexual who is dressing as a woman to you know feel better about trapping men and it's like (laughs) that's that's crazy I, this, this, 
I had a way easier time trapping men. <laughs> like this, this like makes my dating pool so much smaller. Like it is way easier to be a gay man if you want to get laid. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like than, yeah. than to be a trans woman. Like this has made my dating pool so small. Like if you think there's any advantage to this at all, there's no advantage except now I get to be a human interest story on a podcast. <laughs> but you know, it, it's it's not great. Um, so. Uh, in all of these movies, it always goes the same way. Guy has, you know, kisses a trans woman or whatever, and then ends up vomiting. And, uh, and there's a vomit scene. Ace Ventura had that scene in it. Um, and then he goes on and tells a joke. But the punchline is, um, sorry, Will, follow Will Weldon <laughs> on Twitter. <laughs> uh, is is uh, okay, I'm going to deliver it. I'm going to butcher it. But it's something. Like, do you know it? It's like I haven't heard it in a long time. Yeah. Okay. So, so it's um, uh, you know, he's just like I don't see what anyone's problem is, you know, being with a woman who used to be a man. Like you're everybody's with women who used to be children, and it doesn't make you a pedophile. And it's like a great line of like, yeah, everyone, all 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 your girlfriends used to be children, and that doesn't make you a pedophile. And it was like awesome. But in that crowd, everyone stood up, and there was just like this huge ovation. Um to that joke and i just started crying because it was like oh my god it wasn't it was a good joke i'm hearing a comedian tackle a trans issue with a great line and uh and everybody's like right on big claps and big applause and it felt and i've been to trans conferences and i've been to like very like uplifting events but i've never i was never so moved as in that moment where it's like a lot of like the comedy world now is pretty straight. Like it's pretty hard to find, you know, it's not a, it's not a big queer community following comedians. So I'm like, this is like a pretty straight audience just saying like, yeah, finally somebody's talking about this thing. And I'm just sitting there and I wasn't, um, uh, I hadn't gone full time at that point. And so, you know, I was just, I was just crying and I, and I wrote a letter to Will and thanked him and, and met him the next day. And, um, he wrote back, but it's just, it, it's, it was amazing. I think and that like one a joke, one person like doing kind of the right thing after a lifetime of like that's what I feel it feel like when people hear truth and there that is truth people can't help but respond. Yeah. And I feel like when I first heard it I was like I was like, "Hey, I was like, fuck, I wish I thought as this. a comedian <laughs> you're ja- But well, then I was good at that. And but then I was also I was just like, yeah, it's about fucking time like I'm like Thank God someone fucking did this. That's how I felt. And comedy, that's what I love about, like, you know, with, like, um, so many of the comedians that I know. And I think, you know, we have a lot of mutual friends that are doing comedy. And and it's like they are really trying to figure out how to do comedy and be nice (laughs) and not not hurt people and and how to do bits that don't hurt people. Or if they if um, Hardwick, Hardwick was saying. Uh, that he got advice that it's like if you want to tackle something just tackle that thing in yourself like turn it back onto yourself so if there's something you want to say that's racist you don't have to be ironic about it but it's like talk about your opinion on it and how messed up your own mind is and then it's like oh okay we can discuss this stuff and it's great and I love it's a great approach I love you know I love that I feel like I've seen that a lot more and I've seen a lot fewer like gay jokes and I just feel like I feel a lot safer in an audience than I've ever felt before yeah, with I, alternative comedy. We gotta, we gotta move on from that. St- I mean, from the from those jokes. It's like fucking come on already. <laughs> it's yeah. like let's become enlightened. But uh, I oh I was just gonna wrap it up. If you, I just if there was uh, 
anything that you needed, to, you felt we didn't cover, or anything that you feel we went an hour and a half, <laughs> and we're just gonna abruptly end. I, I um, well, yeah, I don't know. Uh, no, did you have any other questions? I didn't. That I, can I rant and ramble. I I felt. Uh, I I want to thank you very much. I, I feel. Well, I, go ahead. <laughs> Now we're the like uh, uh, the Mills Brothers. Yeah, or this is a who, it's who's on first, but with beeps. <laughs> I had no idea that that flew by for me. I don't know how you felt about it. Yeah, no, I'm like, done. Let's go two and a half. Um, we well, no, what I was I was gonna say is I think I think when people are thinking about trans things, if you're listening to this, it's like what I've noticed. I as I've gotten sort of braver and tackled these things, and and have been able to live like a more authentic life and I'm happier and I'm not suicidal anymore. And I'm not like, I got depressed the other night for, uh, about like a, a I got stood up on a date and I, and I, there was a couple of things and it lasted about an hour and I'm like, Oh wow. You're my old friend. You're back. I'm still able to get depressed. Wow. That's so great. I was happy about being depressed because it was like just a nice <laughs> feeling. It was another feeling, you know? And then, and then, uh, and then I got out of it and, I, and then I went and, and had a great time. Um, with some other people, but like, uh, you know, like I think the authenticity of this, I've been talking to a lot of people and like, um, um, I think, you know, alcoholics who become sober or people that like lose a lot of weight or anybody living with like authenticity or freedom. I just see all these parallels and it's like being trans is that much different than like any other thing where you're just tackling like your own, preconceived notions and fears about your identity and who you're supposed to be and i feel like i now feel like me transitioning is like like everyone's transitioning like you're transitioning from a terrible comedian to a good comedian or from a good comedian to a has you know former comedian (laughs) or you're transitioning from like being a, a, a a wife to a mother or a you know whatever like we're all like doing these like we're all moving and it's just like, it just feels really natural and really good. And just now it, to me, it's just like, it's not awkward or weird or anything at all. So I hope people can like look at it in that way and just feel like, yeah, just try, you know, it's not a switch. You don't have to like, you can just try one thing at a time. If you feel like this might be your authenticity or anything is just like do something to make your life better or feel more natural or what you, you know, like what you want. And, it's awesome so i don't know Thanks. that that wasn't I, I i i realized that that was the tone of a after school special but maybe not as succinct as thank you very much thank you very much for listening to conversations with matt dwyer if you enjoyed this show please donate some money it's very important that you do so uh because we don't uh, we don't have advertisement we just do what we can here to get by Keep on getting by. If you can't afford to donate money, but you want to buy yourself something pretty, go to through the Amazon link there. Purchase something. I get a kickback of that. We're all happy. Follow me on Twitter, Matt underscore the wire. Twitter.com there. Twitter I, Twitter is. And uh, check out the other shows there on feralaudio.com. Thank you for listening. Have a good
National Security Agency to assess and flag citizens of the country who may present a threat to its security. <laughs> NSA has clearance to wiretap by any means necessary. Tapped. Incidental recordings of private conversations from the files of the NSA. Now on feralaudio.com.